Random Acts of Tangent. I am Adam. I got Annie hanging out with me for this uh, little intro. Hello, Annie. Hi, guys. Today's podcast, we have Nat, Natalie, from Porcelain Hill, the drummer. Wildfire. Wildfire, as she's known on the stage. Although, through the podcast, they kept calling her Nat, and she was okay with it, so we're going to go with that. All right. She's Nat, she's Nat today. This was recorded right after the Darnell podcast. They both came over, they were hanging out, and we spent the entire night together, and we did Darnell's podcast first, and we did Nat's podcast after that, uh, back to back. But the whole thing is now focused on Nat. Like, the first one was about Darnell. And it was, it was it was good times. I, uh, I I think I got a little too uh, therapy ish with 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 Nat. I got to try and dive into <laughs> why, why are you that way? Do you think what is, uh, what is it that makes that happen? I'm really surprised that it was you doing that to her and not her doing that to you because I feel like I could see her definitely doing oh, a deep yes. dive on you. And there's a lot to unpack. There's so many problems going on in my brain. But I as, as a good <laughs> as a as, as a host that I am, I made it about her. Uh, I did throw in some stories here and there that, are, that were mine. And just like uh, on Darnell's podcast, some of these you may have heard in the podcast when they were both on together. Uh, but it's, it's, there's a lot of other stories there that you have not heard before. You do have to admit, though, that it's not Nat's natural inclination to talk about herself right? so much. So I could totally see her trying to flip things and be like asking you the questions and yes. doing a deep dive. So um, I'm amped to hear this. That's, I can't wait to That's what made this so interesting because it, it learned a lot about Nat. I, I've, I've known her for a while already, and a lot of this was brand information to me, and it was, it was nice to... Get get a deep dive into everything that is wildfire. But so we, we start off talking about just music and Porcelain Hill and everything, and how they are now. And then uh, we then go backwards in time from the beginning uh, of Nat growing up, her influences, how she got to where she was, and we end off with her meeting Darnell. And then there's a little bit of love fest at the end there, where we're both like, uh, "You're the best, no, you're the best." It was, uh, it was, it was. Did very you guys nice. talk about me too? Because I'm the best. Uh, yes, you yeah. did come up at the end there. Yeah. Was I? But I was like, included in the "You're the best" part, or was it like? Right. Yes. Okay. Good. Thanks. Very good. You know, I'm gonna listen to it though, right? So. Yes. I, okay. I, I told you, <laughs> well, I'm gonna lie to you on the intro <laughs> to a podcast. Come on. Anyway, so. Uh, Last time when Darnell was on, I wasn't able to say anything yet because I, I had just told you there was big news coming. And the big news has come out since then that they are moving to the UK. Oh, why? I was in such a good mood. You didn't have to remind me. Okay. You couldn't tell so much at the end of the last podcast with Darnell, but at the end of this one, you can see, uh, I think, a little bit of how it, I was trying to accept it still as, as we got into the whole love fest. I was like, <laughs> I, love you. I love you guys. Be honest, Adam, though. Yep. How many times did you cry? Uh, this podcast? At the very end of it. Oh, off the microphone? It was three or four days in a row. Uh, <laughs> no, but they are moving to the UK, and uh, it's, 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 a, it's one of those happy, sad things. I'm sad they're leaving, but I'm also very happy for everything that's going to happen with them. And this, this is, I think, a good move for them, and they will skyrocket higher, I think, in the UK than they are here, because uh, especially in the LA music scene, where people are assholes, and no, they, it, they don't appreciate yeah. the music as much as they should, especially with Porcelain Hill. They should, they should be appreciated a lot more than they actually are. I know this is best for them, and I'm super excited for them, but I'm not where you're at yet okay. as far as acceptance. <laughs> I'm still well, I bummed. I haven't like, accepted it. Uh, I'm, I'm just <laughs> like, you. I still feel like, you. but you just got back. Why are you leaving yeah. me again so soon? But anyway, uh, them going to the UK does require a lot of things. There's passports and visas and things that need to get in line. So they have started a GoFundMe page for this. Oh, yeah. So go to their Facebook page. Uh, it's, it is now pinned to the top of their Facebook where you can... Go there and, and it'll take you to the um, the GoFundMe, and you can donate as much as you're able to. 
I suggest if you uh, just like two or three thousand would be an acceptable donation. That's but I mean whatever you can afford. If you can go ten, go ten thousand. Uh, if all you can afford <laughs> is one thousand, then do a thousand. Fine, be a cheapskate. Uh, if you can also <laughs> only do wait, does go find me that you do less than a dollar? Uh, I don't know. I'm sure I'll say do. ten thousandths of a, of a dollar. Right. Just but whatever you can. If, if you know them, then you know they're worth it. If you don't know them, then you need to research them and find out all the stuff that they've done, the, the way their music sounds, and how amazing it is. They have a music video that uh, came out uh, last year called Jackie, which I was happy to uh, make happen for them and record and we edited for days on end, and it was fantastic experience to just be able to hang out with them while this is all happening. If you're a music lover. Go to one of their shows. They have a few more lined up before they leave. You'll get it. Go to the show. You'll get why it's worth donating. I'm glad you brought that up, Annie. Because oddly enough, they do have a lot of shows coming up still. They are leaving, I think, in April. So before April, you got to get as many in as you can. Starting with February 14th, which which is today, actually. Uh, You can go to uh, Upland, California, the Club Highbrow. February 22nd, Anaheim at Cole Randers Champagne Show. Wow, that sounds interesting. Uh, in Pomona, the DBA on February 28th. February 29th at the Vault in Redlands. March 7th at Perks in Huntington Beach. That's a fun one. They, that's, that's usually an extended set where they're there for uh, a couple hours and they take breaks in between. You can hang out and chit-chat with them in between sets and just see the way they interact with the crowd. It's, it's a good crowd for, for the kind of... Um, uh, experience that I think is the maximum Porcelain Hill experience. I loved Berks, and I even took my family to there. You know, right, my parents, my aunt, my uncle. It's it's for oh, it's amazing. Yeah, De- if you live anywhere near Huntington Beach, definitely go see them at Berks. Yep. Uh, also, March twenty first at Ranch- in Rancho Cucamonga at Fourth and Mill. I, I we will be there at that show. Uh, yes. I'm not sure if I've told you that we're going or not, but we're going. Oh, I just. Uh, that, <laughs> I'm good. I, I, go. did, I did joke at the end of this podcast with Matt that I go to as many shows as I can as long as they stop uh, deliberately attacking me by scheduling shows when I have my daughter. Then I can't oh, I know. It's vicious, yeah. right? Yeah. But anyway, so uh, March 21st, uh, Ranch Cucamonga, 4th and Mill. Uh, Rat Pack will be there. March 28th, Lakewood, California at Boomer's Cocktail Lounge. Hey, I've been there as well. I know what that is. That's – oh, okay. Okay, Boomer's. Fantastic. Woo, okay. Oh, yeah. see what you did there. All right. That's, Thank uh, you That's a phrase. So, yeah. <laughs> Check out the website, porcelainhill.com, uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Everything is Porcelain Hill. Uh, MySpace. Uh, maybe. Sure. Sorry. It's worth checking them out. And uh, it was it was great having them on the podcast back-to-back. It was, it was a, a very long night, but it was a very fun <laughs> night, and I enjoyed it. I went to bed early, so I'm very excited. <laughs> I didn't go to bed early. I went to bed earlier than them. Yeah. Because, but I am very excited to listen to this one. Yeah, me too. So Is there much go. more to do before I get to listen to it? No, that's it. We're uh, going to get into it now. So here's the podcast that we recorded a while ago, and all about Nat. Already in progress. Here you go. How many times did you hear the stories from Darnell before? <laughs> I was the beatboxing. I think there was probably one story that was new, but I can't remember which one it was now. So. But other than that, I've heard all the stories. I'm not very interesting. <laughs> not at all. I'm constantly repeating myself without even knowing it because I do the podcast, so I'm not sure what I've said on the microphone versus what I've said to other people. Mm. So uh, my friend Jen, I don't know if you met Jen. Apparently, I've told the same story like seven times. And I'll start saying like, oh, I didn't know engineering was a thing when I was in high school. If I knew it was a thing, then I would have gone for that and was my major. 
And as I'm saying it, she was like, yeah, we get it. It, it would have been your major. I'm like, oh, have I said it before? Yeah, like five times. <laughs> Wait, is that the girl that you took to the show at Perks one time? Or is that a different person? Yes, yes. The one that was dancing upon the girls. Yeah. Yes. yes. Yeah. Same girl. Okay. Yeah. So, so now I say it as a joke now. Like, oh, engineering. Let me tell you a story about engineering. <laughs> 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 That's yeah. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah, because I forget what I say. And I'm, I'm sure I've, I've told Annie the same thing over and over again. Yeah. And I've told her, stop me if you've heard it before. But she won't. <laughs> so I just Aww, keep she's a real things. one. Yeah, she's, she's real great. But also that's fucking annoying. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm, I'm sure. Because when she tell, tells me the stories that I've heard before, I'm like, oh, and I'll like, oh, and then, and then I'll finish it for her. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm like, okay. <laughs> Moving on. Next one. What do you got? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Damn. No. Yeah. No, we just go way back. That's just really what it is. Yeah. Unfortunately. Mm. <laughs> so what's what's the most recent story you remember from from the tour when you were in the UK? Um like so most recent I would say obviously one of one of our last shows definitely was one of my I will say my most memorable moments, but I also want to say it's also some of their most memorable moments just because it was all I right. think we were all on the same page about it was one of our last gigs that we had in Newark at the Flying Circus and uh, we played two sets that night, and literally from sound check to like the first note of the first set to like the last notes of like the second set was just fire. Just like the everything about it, the energy, like the just the feeling that every song brought, and like the energy from the crowd in that pub, like was literally. One of the best ways to end that tour from everything we've been through, like all the ups and downs of that tour, yeah, I will, that will stick with me for what, sure. What do you think changes the fire aspect for you? How, how much of it is you guys playing versus the crowd interacting with you? Um, well, first and foremost, um, the reason why I got into music and especially stuck with this band is the way it moved me. So first and foremost, and this could sound as selfish as it does, it has to move me. Okay. Because that's why I'm there. I'm not there for the money. I'm not there for the fame. I know that sometimes that does come with a band that, that, you know, levels up. But um, first and foremost, that's what it is. So, like, and it could be to the point where, like, I'm moved more than the crowd and maybe the crowd didn't feel it. Okay. But still, first and foremost, it's gotta it's gotta hit me like at home. You know what I'm saying? Second would definitely be having the crowd feel that same thing and give that same kind of energy and response back to us is is a beautiful thing. So I don't want the first thing to like eliminate the like people thinking like we don't care about them feeling the music. I'm just right. saying I just have to prove a point that like I'm in it for the music for real. Um and so, like, for sure, I got to feel it. And, like, I, I hope that people feel it as much as we do because we do put our heart and souls into it. Absolutely. Yeah. And we were talking earlier as, as far as uh, I think you're a very big critic of yourself. Uh, you, you, yeah. I think you get down on yourself more, <clears throat> a lot more than you should. Because mm -hmm. I've been in the audience plenty of times when you guys have performed. And you would come off stage and we talked to you afterwards and you'd be like, 
that was a shit show. And we're like, how dare you? Because <laughs> I'm, I'm in the audience and I'm enjoying the fuck out of myself. Yeah. And then you come up like, oh, that was shit. And I'm like, how, what? How? How do you? So as an audience member, uh-huh. I'm, I'm, I'm not a drummer. Uh, I, I can do it like a simple beats with my fingers on a desk. That's all you need. But that's as far as it goes. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, I'm getting the vibe and... It, Especially your energy. Your energy on stage is is, is is crazy and it's it's almost a show in itself. Seeing you uh, on the drums because yeah. you're so into it that you're like you, don't, you. I feel like if nobody was there, you'd be the you had the exact same energy mm-hmm. when when you're, when you're hitting hitting the drums and the cymbals or whatever drum terms. I don't know. Uh, you're, you're into it. Yeah. So how can you tell when? I feel like you're in a certain zone, mm-hmm. whether or not it's vibing with the audience, or is mm-hmm. it just vibing with you? Um, first and foremost, vibing with my bandmates on stage and making sure I'm playing up to my standards for sure. I and I I do understand like the point that you're bringing across of um, being hard on myself, but at the same time, it's like. I'm in a family of musicians and not that they all play um, really good or they, they're like doing the same thing I'm doing, but they have a good ear for stuff. And on top of that, like, and this is probably going to sound a certain way to people, but like, I don't want to sound amazing just to people um, that are listening in the pub, but I want to make sure it's also sounding amazing to maybe a legend walking in, you know what I'm saying? And that's why, you know, if Joe Bonamassa walks in or, I mean, Gary Clark Jr. or like, I mean, you name it. They walk in. I want to make sure like it sounds great for them. So if I feel like I'm not even sounding great for myself, like how do I feel like that's going to come across to someone at such level? You know what I'm saying? So so you're being very critical in in, in the larger sense of thing, not just the average audience member, but another musician. Yes. If another musician was there, how would they critique you? Is that what's going through your head? Yeah. So you got to realize we play a lot of pubs, a lot of festivals, a most 99% of places that we play, 99.9, uh, people are drinking or people are, you know, a little intoxicated or whatever. Yeah, that's actually a more accurate number. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, wow, I just kicked this pedal with my foot. Oh. You see that? I just like totally leveled down. I thought you'd be better with pedals. Such a drummer. Such a drummer. <laughs> um, what was the question? Oh, my God. Uh, something about... Dungeons and Dragons. I don't know. Oh, everyone's being everyone. Oh, like, yeah. Uh, the, the audience who's played too are normally intoxicated, which I also understand depending on – it d- does depend on the audience. So like for example, in the in the UK, um, it's very much in their culture to get off work, go to the pub, have a few drinks. And so I think they're – I think when we play there, we're playing to a better hearing audience than we are – out here in the states, because usually in the states, when we play a bar, people are way more messed up than people out in the UK, where people right. hold their ground. You know yes. what I'm saying? So, um, but I do take into account when people are coming up to us and they're like, kind of like you could tell people are intoxicated. And they're like, "Oh, you guys were so great, da da da." But it, everything kind of <laughs> sounds great after a few beers. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So um that's why i don't let that phase me too much i also do know that like a lot of the people that come up to us are music enthusiasts music lovers so 
I don't necessarily always just disregard what they say, but I also, I'm a very realistic person and also I am very hard on myself and, um, but I also think that's the best way to level up. So that's, I guess, just how the way I am. So, so the average person saying to you, you're amazing versus another musician come up to you and saying that was amazing carries different weight. Um, for the most part, yes. (laughs) If I'm being real. Yeah. All right. How do you deal with the fans then that are coming up to you, uh, like myself, uh, saying, oh, that was amazing. And you're just like, meh, meh. Um, I know for the most part, I'm always like, oh, man, I'm so sorry. Like, we messed up, da 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 But I've been trying to break that habit because, you know, people are there. They're having a good time. They enjoyed it. Um, that's actually something I'm still practicing right now. So, like, I'm trying, and usually I fail at this, but... uh I'm starting to try to be like, man, I'm glad you enjoyed it. You know, like, this is why we do this. Like, we love what we do. And be it more an enjoyable conversation more than a, oh, man, we messed up this song. Did you hear this one note that was out of place? Like, you know what I'm saying? So I'm working on it. I'm failing mostly, but, you know, I'm working on it. Somebody have a tape? Go back to two minutes and 25 seconds (laughs) into the first song. Where that one time where I I accidentally dropped a a stick. Yeah. uh, the stick flip didn't work out the way I wanted to, and I didn't hit the beat the way I wanted. It's- you know what's funny is like now, like <laughs> when I, when I do drop a stick, I I will sometimes post those and be like, "Hey, bloopers real," and like you know, I'll just post that stuff for shits and giggles and show that it happens because it's live music. It happens, yeah. you know. But overall, I think the experience is is overwhelmingly positive. Every time I've gone, at least. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of a fanboy of you guys. Because uh, <laughs> I've, from the first time I heard you guys, and I told a story on, on, I think the first time you guys were on, I went to go see a different uh, friend of mine's band. Uh-huh. And I was outside on the smoking patio enjoying myself. Uh, and I heard this music, this sound come from the inside. And I came in and it was it was you guys. Oh, that was, was that at Mel's Bar? It was at Mel's Bar. That's yes, right. absolutely. That's where we met. Yeah, I was there to see Buddha Jones and the Man. Yep, Buddha uh, Jones and the Man. Shout uh, out, you guys are fucking awesome. Graves in the Bad Weather, or uh, Leandro Graves sat on my girlfriend's lap accidentally uh, on the outside <laughs> patio. Yeah, that's what she says. Well, she yeah. doesn't even remember it, but I don't know. <laughs> Things are weird. And then I, I heard the sound, and I was like, what is happening in there? There must be a huge band inside. And I walked in, and it was three of you. I was like, what? <laughs> what is happening? Yeah. And it, it just – and your energy and Darnell's energy, it was just – it was it was, it was was overwhelming, the, mm-hmm. the fact that it was just the three of you. And the energy that came off stage was overwhelming. I, I always said that word, but it's, it's, that's all I can describe it as. Yeah, yeah. And your energy on stage, and you were just going sick on the drums, and I remember, <laughs> I remember you had a hat on, and I was like... Some people say I hit my drums too hard, but fuck them. No, but <laughs> if you're not hitting hard your, enough. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the whole point of the drums. You gotta, you gotta beat those drums in submission. Yeah, it's <laughs> and, been better than anger management. <laughs> <laughs> better than hitting people's frowned upon, so, you know. Right, yeah, so hit the drums. Yeah. Did you name the drums? Can you name, do you name different ones? Uh, like, I don't uh, name just... different parts of my drums, but I've named drum sets. So oh, yeah? um, my Gretsch Renown is uh, Rosemary. I didn't name my Catalina Club. Now that I think about it, you didn't know. name that the white one. Um, and then my right. <laughs> <laughs> <about to> <laughs> the one be- the one before that. Do you remember when we were two piece the purple one? Delicious. De- I was about to say delicious. Yeah. Delicious. Yeah. I yeah. named her delicious. Blue. It was a per- it was a weird purple, but it was not blue. Okay, it was like a 
It was, I'll give you a purplish blue, but it was more purple than blue. Okay. With two tan stripes. Um, that was delicious. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so I've named my drums, yeah. Do, do, do you feel like you're getting out rage when you're hitting the drums? Um, no, not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird. Um, playing drums the way I do, and I know, like, my style has been changing the past few months. Um, being a lot more dynamic, but still knowing when to hit hard because it's like a, it's like a feeling. It's not even like attitude, but it's like, it's like, oh, this is just like a part where I just want to hit the fuck out of my drums. You know what I'm saying? Um, but like I noticed, um, and I, I had this epiphany and I had this epiphany on our last tour towards the end of it. I think that's when I had the epiphany. It doesn't matter. Um, I want the date. Oh wow! No. Oh Jesus! Uh, the hour, please. The yeah. hour. Um, Which way yeah. were you facing? North, east, west. Damn! Well, I was in the UK, so I was all fucked up my geography. Uh, okay. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> um, but I had this epiphany, and I know this is kind of going to sound like a downer, but like I, it's really important for our like when we play our music to feel like really, really good because. And I don't know why I had this epiphany, but I think it has a lot to do with like, I used to use drugs back then and it used to make me feel a certain way. Um, and I remember the specific drug I used, it was a very euphoric feeling and it was a very like, uh, what's that word where it's like, um, nothing can beat you. Um, invincible. Yeah. You kind of feel invincible, like okay. you're unstoppable. And it's just like this crazy feeling, you know? And like, when I get to, like, the best parts of, like, when we play our songs with the right feel, with the right intent and everything, I feel unstoppable and I feel euphoric and I feel in that, I don't want to say in that same place because it's actually better. Um, and so playing a certain way with a certain dynamic or certain, maybe, like, it's hard hitting or maybe it's this or maybe it's that, it just has to call for the right feel and, and, and get into that state, um, just has a lot to do with like how we play the song. Okay. Uh, from from my perception, watching you, it seems almost like you tune out everything when oh. when, you, when you're on the drums. Yes. Where Darnell disappears, whoever the bassist is disappears, and the audience disappears, and you're in your own zone, and you're just you're just drumming for yourself. Mm-hmm. Everybody else disappears for you, or how how, how accurate is that? Here's the thing. Um, the best performances for me um, have been the times where I've been able to zone out kind of like the noise in a sense. Um, and sometimes it's it happens in a way where it's like there's parts of it where it's just like I feel like I'm in my own bubble. But then there's other parts where like my bandmates tune in and we're just we're in our bubble. But like I don't right. think like they're in that zone, I think. But like that's how... That's how I'm taking it, how I'm seeing it, how I'm feeling it, how I'm experiencing it. Um, yeah, so my best performances have been that. And some of my shittiest performances have been when I'm too caught up in my head. And then I start noticing just everything. And I'm just like, oh, that audience member's doing this. Oh, this is happening. And I'm just like okay. out of my zone. But how you were saying, when I'm in my zone, those have been my best performances when I'm like in my own world. And then sometimes it's like my bandmates are part of that world. And sometimes like 
sometimes even they get blurred out, but not not because of them. Just but that's just what happens in that experience. Right. It, it's, you're doing your music in, yeah. in your way. Yeah. And uh, they're they're coming in and they're performing mm-hmm. background for your for your drums. So it's just like yeah, nothing else matters. I'm nailing my piece yeah. and f all of you. Yeah. Uh, I got my I got my shit down. Yeah. I actually like what's crazy is like you reminded me of a time where we were playing in the UK. And it was it was actually a troubling time for me because I was going through a lot of ups and downs, um, if you will. And we played this gig, the Star. That's what it's called, right? Old Star. The yeah. Old Star. And I remember the few shows before that, I was like, I was out of whack. I don't even know how to explain it. And I remember that show. I started with my sunglasses on. And luckily, because of how bright the lights were, I couldn't see the audience. Okay. <laughs> and then because when you're like, when you start playing, you start steaming up, your glasses fog. You uh, should know this. Yes, I, I You should I, know, I know this. Glasses problems. Uh, yes. Um, it's, it's, the struggle is real. The struggle is real. <laughs> Hashtag so team four eyes. <laughs> <laughs> All of us. Oh, man. So we start playing this gig. And like I said, the gigs before that were a little out of whack for myself. And I remember this gig where... I wasn't even able to see the audience and I was just hearing our music and then jamming with my bandmates. And I would, for the first, I think maybe three songs, I had my sunglasses on and like I said, they were steamed up so I couldn't see anything really. But I was, I got back in the zone because of that. Like, because I kind of like cut out the noise Yeah. and it was like, for me, it wasn't for them. It was, again, it was for myself and then for us, you know what I'm saying? Obviously, when I got back in the zone, I remember, I think it was like the fourth song, I took my sunglasses off and I was like, cool, I'm back in my zone, I'm back in my game. And we finished that gig and I remember that gig was very important for me. All right. Yeah. How how much sight do you actually need to play the drums? I imagine a lot of it's muscle memory at this point. Um, A lot of it is muscle memory, but I have this struggle and I don't know if it's every drummer's struggle for the first few years or if it's just my struggle as a drummer, but um, I haven't... Um, I've been playing drums for like probably 15 or 16 years now. Wow. Um, almost seven with this guy, unfortunately. Mm. <laughs> um, and There's ups and downs. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> I've had this struggle with like, I had just, I would like, if you look back at my two-piece days, you would see my, my, my drum set set up more like a Travis Barker setup style where the where the rack time was a lot more flat, closer to, like, the height of, like, the snare drum and, like, okay. even the, where the ride was. It was a lot more of a Travis Barker setup. And now, like, it's adapted over the years. So, like, because of that, because I changed my drum set setup a lot, I do have to be visual and see my stuff. Interesting. Which is a struggle that I have. If anyone has advice, if anyone wants to give me <laughs> some kind of suggestions, let me know. Um but uh, so yeah, some of it does have to definitely be visual. I never thought about it that way because I, I always assumed mm-hmm. uh, a drum setup is basic. It, it's, it's the same. Should be. You got, yeah. you got, you got your cymbals here. You got your uh, kick pedal mm-hmm. thing. But bass. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I'm not a drummer, obviously. Yeah, neither am I. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but everything I, I thought was in the same place. Like, like, like you would be a piano or a guitar or every, everything is in the same place all the time. Well, that's but, the thing. It, it kind of, it kind of should be once you find your setup and okay. where you find where you're comfortable at. Um, usually you will like have everything set up almost exact to the T of how you have it. Like normally, 
Um, even when you have drum techs, they learn your specs. Like, obviously, that's going to be a few years till I have a drum tech. But, you know. <laughs> Only one year. 2020s yeah, are yeah, year. We're doing year. it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, it should be that way. Um, but, obviously, I think every drummer will struggle with that for a few the first few years. Obviously, I'm like, what, like I said, 15 or 16 years playing drums, and I haven't figured it out. Um, but a lot of it, too, is like um, – I'm trying to figure out like the ergonomics of it. And because I'm not like Mm. a specialist in like the body structure and like even like people who work desk jobs and office jobs um, deal with certain kinds of pain, whether it's back, lower back, upper back, shoulders, because of how you sit. Yeah. For me, it's my coworkers, but I I get what you're saying. (laughs) Same thing. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) But this is drumming. So, you know, I just got to figure it out. Yeah. Because I I, I do an office job and I've been doing it for Oh my God, F- fifteen plus years. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't think to rearrange the way my keyboard or my mouse is set up. Is like this is this is how it needs to be for me. Yeah. But your drums are you're constantly moving. Yeah. Well, maybe you found the right setup, and I haven't found the right setup. So this, this is setup that was taught to me. This is this is how it's supposed to be. I I learned it, and now I, I'm stuck with it. Well, there's there is things. If I get where, a stupid ball mouse where I have to roll my finger over the to, to move the cursor, I, I would freak the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like, like those would make balls? life easier. No, yeah, not not not, not while I'm on the clock. <laughs> <laughs> How long do you work your desk office job? They're like five or six hours a day. Eight uh, hours a day? Eight, eight. And you get no fatigue anywhere. Uh, nah. So maybe you found the right spot ergonomically or. I wouldn't say that I'm fulfilled. Uh, well, we're not going that far. Yeah, okay. Oh, I mean, um, I'm not throwing up at the end of the day. If that's, All right, I don't cool. Understand, yeah, yeah. I understand no, the question. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you're constantly moving your setup to, to, to find the right fit for you then. Yeah. So what, what, what causes the, the changes? Um, it goes from like symbol heights to throne heights, like the throne or you, the chair, drum throne. Right. Um, how high you sit, how low you sit affects um, your legs, your lower back. Um, if you're if you're kicking with more power, you're kicking with less power. Um, mm. Ankle uh, flexibility—that's not the word I'm looking for—but um, to the right symbol because that you'll think about your shoulders, how far it is, how high it is, how angled it is. Um, it's a lot, and um, it's caused a lot of drummers. Have you seen? Pictures of Buddy Rich and his back. That's like, he looks like the hunchback in Notre Dame. When he, you know what I'm saying? Like he drummed with a terrible posture. Obviously, he drummed incredibly. So, you know, kudos to him. But poor dude probably dealt with so much pain. You know what I'm saying? Like when he was drumming and when he wasn't, like like his back was messed up at the end. Like How important are the drumsticks? Oh, um, definitely important. I wouldn't say it's, um, make or break. Um, but for sure you want to, the, the way they word it best is you want to find a drumstick that feels natural and feels like an extension of your arm. Like it just feels okay. there. Right. Um, and that could be from weight. Cause if you're, if it's too heavy for you and your style of playing, you're doing way more work than you need to. You could sprain a wrist, hurt a wrist or whatever. Um, how long it is, how short it is. Um, from That's what she said. So size matters. Yeah. <laughs> size definitely matters. You know what I'm saying? We, uh, we how about ever... the girth? How, how thick does it need to be? I, I... Thick enough. 
because because I've also seen drumsticks where there's like tassels at the end, and then there's like a, a huge like fuzzy ball at the end of it. That's definitely for more for like certain styles and and certain sounds. So like even if it's a rock band, there might have a section where like the cymbals come in like. I don't want to. I was totally gonna try to mimic the sound. And no, the, okay. No, go ahead. Thank you, thank you. There you go. Where uh, it starts light and like you know what I'm right. saying. It's, it's like thunder coming out across the horizon. Yeah, it's for certain okay. sound effects. You know what I'm saying. So it could be for different genres, okay, and different styles. But like, it definitely is specific for certain sounds, okay, and sound effects. Yeah. What about if the uh, the drumstick lights up when you hit things? How, how <laughs> important is that? Um, that's definitely very. Uh, <laughs> Very f- lame. Yeah. No, I was kidding. No, it's, it's good for at least one performance, right? Yeah, at least no. for one song. It it's definitely fine. is cool for like <laughs> pictures, videos, and like it excites people. It's like, ah, oh, cool, you know. But um, I was very excited. No, the, I was excited too for the. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. And then we started playing. We I think we played Red Light with that song, and I was like, oh my god, these are terrible. <laughs> and then I was like, I don't want to punk out, look look like a little bitch, and like throw mid song and use the other six. I was like, I'm gonna do the whole song with these. But I, I appreciate I, that. No, I appreciate it, man. That shit was that shit was. I still have them, and you know what's yeah. funny? So those sticks are actually in my like drumstick bin. They have like a bunch of brands, brands of sizes. So I put them there, and they're right by my my drum set. So if I, when I'm hitting my kick drum, it's it feels that. So you'll oh, just yeah? see a little red light in oh, this corner, awesome. and it'll just be going off. It's kind of funny, and I'm like, Adam's here in spirit. <laughs> The thing that always got me with those is like, how would you change the batteries in those? You, you know what I mean? Like, oh. Well, this is the thing. You don't use them enough to find that out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn. No, nah, but I mean, until we figure that out, we'll figure that out. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, no, that's fine. About- we have at least 30 years before we have to trade batteries in those things. Yeah, so let's just be chilling there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, much appreciated for that. That was cool. Yeah. I was excited for those too. Like, but they're very slippery. I'll say that. Yeah. And, and they feel like, shit <laughs> when you're playing yeah i just thought they looked cool no for sure i, I don't know any, i don't know anything about drumming it was like hey neither do i we're, we're like just these. going with it you know yeah. going with the flow yeah all right that's fine <laughs> i got to see them in use once that's that's good yeah, yeah, for me. For sure. that's fine yeah i'll make sure to like try to use them in a music video when, oh, when oh. i get the chance just oh see that's what like, we should have done got these for me hey yeah. that'll be when they die yeah. <laughs> mid <laughs> right. video just one just stops lighting up <laughs> Then I have to go to editing classes to find out how to make these light up (laughs) lightsabers and and like ah, but I'll learn things I guess. So thanks. (laughs) Thank you. It's fine. Good times. Uh, Oh right, yeah, we got coasters. (laughs) So when you go out on stage, how much are you anticipating the crowd participation versus? You just doing your thing? Um, it kind of depends, and it's usually on my mindset. Sometimes, like, m- more often than not, I try to be in that mindset of, like, yeah, we're doing our thing. This is who we are. This is what we do, blah, blah, blah. And then there are those times where I'm, like, not in that mindset when I get to a gig and I'm like, damn, there's, like, two people here. And, like, yeah, and they look like they're about to leave, like, <laughs> right when we're setting up. Like, and I get in those, but um, more often than not, like... It depends on the gig as well, because if it's those gigs where we're playing for like it's like a, a paycheck where it's like we're doing this gig because it pays good and they're going to expect a lot of covers. I'm trying to anticipate what they're going to like just to please the crowd, to get that money, whatever. 
Um, when it's a gig where it's more like, you know, they're there for the music. You're just like, yeah, we're just going to do this. Set. This is going to be okay. fire. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, yeah, it, de- it depends. Cause like I said, my mindset goes up and down. We're not perfect. <laughs> yeah. well, I, I, I disagree, but okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm quite perfect. Right. Uh, yeah. See, well, you, gonna, yeah, but yeah, uh, everything's fine. Uh, as far as vocals go, you, you do some backing vocals for some songs. Was that always a, a, a part that you thought you were going to play, or did you grow into that? Um, I always enjoyed singing. I just knew that I didn't sit at the level of, hey, I'm a singer. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. So I know, like, this is crazy because even before I was in this band, um, we used to have what I call um, the music room at my house. Um, it used to be in the garage. There was a separate room. And I was playing. I would play guitar, usually just like power chord stuff or like Blink One Eighty Two or whatever. All right. Um, but I would have this mic stand there, and there would be like no microphone on it, just a mic stand, <laughs> and it was angled like there was a nice. microphone there. And I would sing my fucking heart out, and I would sing loud too, because the room was insulated, and I didn't care. And I always, I always remember singing like there was a crowd, and like how I would perform, um, like if I was performing to a crowd. Um, also embarrassing moment. Um, <laughs> I was doing that once and I was, I remember I was singing a Blink-182 song nice. and I was just like, I was so into it, dude. I was so into it. And I guess my friends had came over. So my mom was like, oh yeah, she's in the music room. Go on and go in. <laughs> so they come in and because the part that I was in, it, I had my eyes closed and I opened my eyes and they're in the room and I was like, what are you guys doing here? <laughs> so yeah, I, but I definitely start covering your symbols like it's how you're naked. <laughs> no, don't look at the symbols. <laughs> I was playing guitar, man. Uh, no attention to the man behind the guitar. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember the song? Uh, it was most likely Carousel, only because that was my f- one of my favorite songs. Okay. Week. It could have been Damn It, but I think it was Carousel. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I actually I think it was that song. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I I enjoyed singing a lot, and I actually um, before we started a band, I actually uh, attempted. Um, oh, be- actually, there was another band I was in. There's I was been been in a lot of bands, but uh-huh. one I did uh, try to start a band with a friend of mine, and I actually attempted to be like frontman, um, and that didn't work out. <laughs> that was short lived. All right. Um, but yeah, I enjoy, I enjoy singing, but I, I know where I sit and I, and I have more bad days than I have good days when it comes to singing. Um, Uh. but I'm, I also think that has a lot to do with, um, me not, um, being trained properly because I was like drumming. I I got away with really good without being trained, but singing, I definitely need work, you know? Um, I enjoy it and I know that. When I have a good day, I can hit some notes and I can sound pretty, pretty dope. But like I said, um, more often than not, I don't have those days. So I, I gotta say, every time there's a song where you you come in, this is like ah, oh, there's that. <laughs> it's 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 fun for me. Yeah. I enjoy it. I, and you know what's funny is a lot of people have told me that, and it surprises me. And I'm not See, saying that to be no, like oh, compliment me, you're but too like hard on yourself. I have a good ear though. Well, I, I I would disagree. There's plenty of times where you've I'm said <laughs> is what he's saying. <laughs> I am Helen no, Keller. <laughs> no, there's, there's plenty of times you've said that you were bad, and, and I'd be like, no, that wasn't. It wasn't bad at all. 
So I think it's, it's just too hard on yourself. We, we can agree to disagree. That's what we're saying. All right. We'll just agree that I'm right. It's fine. Uh, moving on. So <laughs> all right. So let's go back then uh, from, from the beginning. When you were growing up, again, uh, there's a bright light. That's what I was saying. There was some fluid around when you first popped out. <laughs> I missed that part of the no? conversation. Oh. oh, this is back when he was born. Oh, okay. okay. Right. <laughs> so, a black light. Okay. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, for him it was. <laughs> Different light for you. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, uh, as a child, mm-hmm. uh, what was your upbringing like? Um, it was cool. My my dad was a musician. He was the first musician I looked up to. Um, shout out Guillermo Campos. That's my dad. Um, he was actually in a band when he lived in Mexico. So my mom and dad were born and raised in Mexico. And my dad played keys for like, I don't know if you know, are familiar with Romanticos. This is a genre of yeah. music. Uh, it tends to be slower and romantic. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so is I that was, like uh, Tigres del Norte? Would that be a Romantico? Um, fuck, I don't listen to them enough. But uh, okay. I'm going to just say yes. And All if right. I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But All right. Um, I'm also assuming like I know what I'm talking about. So we're on the same page. <laughs> so, yeah, he played that kind of in that kind of a band back in Mexico or whatever. And I always tease him. I'm always like, yeah, I play good music. <laughs> <laughs> um, not that slow shit. Yeah, not that lame shit. <laughs> um, but yeah, he was the first musician I looked up to. Um, I remember when I was little, we had a piano at my house. Um, we had a few guitars. Um, he did play a little bit of guitar. He played a little bit of bass. He played a little bit of piano, and then he had, we had an accordion as well. Um, so my old, the oldest of my siblings is my brother. Um, <laughs> he learned accordion because of my parents oh. put him in like classes and stuff. Right. And well, then, that's that's pretty Hispanic. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. And then my older Man. sister, <laughs> my older sister also uh, played a little bit of piano, a little bit of guitar. Um, my younger sister learned a little bit of piano and, um, he, she got down on the bass. She started learning like red hot chili peppers and shit. All like, right. Le- learned how to play like Tupac on the piano. Like the song <laughs> changes and stuff. Like she learned that song. Um, so Ch-ch-ch- changes. Is that Tupac one? <laughs> no, no, really? not oh. really, but, oh. uh, yeah, we'll let for it sure. Slide. We'll let it slide. It sounds like it'd be a rap song. Oh yeah, for sure. Where's your beatboxing man? Changes. <laughs> it's a million dollar song right there. That's right. Someone sign us. <laughs> um, yeah, no, but all my siblings and my dad, like, they played music in one, from one form or another. My mom on my mom's side, or my mom. My mom and people <laughs> on my mom's side weren't really as musical. So, like, okay. but um, I think we all get it from my dad, you know. Um, so well, they that's have, just the way it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, is that the right? Is that the yeah, right? for sure. I got it. No. Okay. Yeah, you got it. All right, very good. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, um, from there, I remember I had my first actual music teacher, and I was in second grade. And what's crazy, it was my first teacher was my second grade teacher. Okay. My first music teacher. She taught me at her house. So I was like, "This is weird. You're my teacher, and you're I'm at your house and learning piano." In second grade. Yeah, second grade. Um, was, I, it, was that like an elective, like an after-school no, program? No, this was separate. Just we, I, I don't know how out. my mom found out that she was a piano teacher. You were teacher. just hanging out with second grade teacher. This is now a question. Because just find stuff out. Let's oh, that's true. My mom's like Inspector Gadget. Right, um, yeah. Well, that's Hispanic as well. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so 
piano was the first instrument that I was really like trained on. I learned how to read music. And I remember after having her as a teacher, I had this other teacher who was actually a, like she was known in the classical world from what I heard. Oh. Mrs. Ellis. Mrs. Oh, damn. I don't remember. Sorry. I don't remember your name. Uh, Elle Woods. I think it was her name. Elle Woods. And I remember in fifth grade, I performed at my elementary school a very classical song. Oh. Um, my first it? performance, it was called The Spinning Song. You won't know it because you don't listen to classical. Well, how dare you? Yeah. <laughs> I listen to classical all the time, constantly. You, you can't tell That's my, background music. My monocle, it, it fell out earlier today, so you, it's not there now. But uh, no, I, I do listen to classical sometimes, uh, mostly just to. Background. Pull, no, it, it, it's, for me, it's, it's a release stressed kind of thing. Really? Yeah. Absolutely. So you okay. listen to it when you're wanking, is what I'm hearing. <laughs> no, that's that's more of a no. That's more of a that's a different kind of sound. I listen to no, but classical music to me it, it was big growing up because uh, I was very sheltered, so I couldn't listen to secular music. So it was it was classical and it was you oldies for me. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I eventually grew up and listened to NSYNC. So <laughs> it was. <laughs> But it was classical and it was oldies for me yeah. growing up. So classical, uh, I can't name composers. I know uh, Beethoven because that movie with uh, Rick Moranis. Uh, but uh, there's, uh, classical does play a big part in relaxing for me. Uh-huh. It makes me relax. Nice. Maybe not to the point where you learn classical. No, I just remember that one song. That oh, one and okay. Be- the Beethoven famous right. song for, ba, 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 ba. for Elise. No, no, for Elise. That's for Elise. And I learned how to play that whole song. I don't know how to do the whole song anymore because I don't remember the solo part. Okay. Same as Spinning Song. There's a few notes I can't remember. But I remember I played that song in fifth grade in my elementary school. and On the piano? On the piano. Okay. And during the solo, I had messed up a little bit. Oh. And Did I was, you really, though, or was that no, you no, being no, self-critical? Like, no, no, no. Okay. I messed up. Okay. And I was like, it was like, thring, thring. You're like, I don't even know, like, exactly how it went. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. And then, obviously, I got through the song and finished it. And I was like, as I get up to walk back to my seat, I'm like, don't cry, don't cry, don't cry. But that didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> so, like. I cried oh. and I had my binder where I had like the music notes and I covered my face and I'm walking to the so like after that talent show, obviously they have first the all the students that didn't perform go to their classrooms and I was like, I'm gonna wait till the the last bell rings and everyone leaves the campus to go back to my classroom and get my backpack, you know. Oh, okay. So I did that and then I I feel like shit for this man. So then finally I'm like, cool, the campus is empty. I walk to my class to get my stuff. And so come to find out, um, my teacher actually listened to classical music and she was familiar with the song. So she was like, oh my God, I can't believe you played that in your fifth grade, right? I didn't know this yet. So I'm walking to my class, I open the door and everyone in my class is still there and they start clapping. And I was like, oh my God. And then everyone's like, oh, you did good. You did good. Why were you crying? Why were you crying? And I was like, I messed up. (laughs) And so like, you were being overcritical. You well, nailed it. They didn't know I messed up. How are fifth graders going to know that I messed up a, a classical song? You're Come on. Classical grader. sounds messed up already. You're also a fifth no, grader. <laughs> How did you know you messed up? 
I was trained. Uh, okay, all right. That's <laughs> so, anyways, <laughs> everyone, my like my friends and my classmates were like, "Oh, like why did you cry?" And then, anyways, people start saying bye. They leave, and I felt bad because like they, my teacher made them stay to like applaud for me when I got back. Oh. And oh, no. because I waited for the whole <laughs> campus to be empty, I was like, oh, man, their parents are probably pissed. And, like, they <laughs> waited for me. So then my teacher talks to me. She's like, she's like, I I know that song. Like, da, da, da. Like, and I was just like, I messed up. Like, still, like, crying. <laughs> where, where do you think that comes from, though? Is it, is it- uh, you know what? I, I think about that from time to time. Like, why am I so critical on myself? And I, th- I think... <laughs> no, I think there's a few different re- like areas that comes from. So like one obviously is like well this has to come with another story though. So I'll save that part, but um I know one of it is like I grew up in a in a in a family of music and they have a good ear for stuff and uh, okay. Um I think that's one thing for sure. I think the other thing is like I knew growing up that my parents struggled for everything we have. You know what I'm saying? So my parents came over from Mexico. I won't say how. And (laughs) then my mom's first job was like working the fields, you know, and like knowing their struggle and like um, how hard they worked. And I wasn't able to see my dad all day because he was just working and like working from morning to night. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, for them to work so hard, like I just like I was trying to live up, you know what I'm saying? And then like for them to take time out of the day to take me to classes and do this and we're a family of music and just so many things like i had a high expectation of myself i think for so many reasons um but yeah like i i'm, I'm glad i'm that way but sometimes i wish i could give myself a break i will i will give you yeah. that okay but uh that's where we're at you, you should i mean you're very talented at what you do yeah and the, the mistakes that you always claim to be making on stage from the honest perspective, again, I'm not, I'm not a musician though, so mm-hmm. if I'm not a talent agent coming like, oh, I heard that one thing, so <laughs> I, that's not something I'm attuned to. Yeah, you put on a great performance every Thank single you. time. Thank you. And uh, uh, my girlfriend at one point got you into doing extra stick flips <laughs> <laughs> during your performances, uh, which is very entertaining. It's fun. Yeah, uh, you seem to have fun with it. Uh, does that distract you at all when you know that there's people like like me uh-huh. in the audience, a uh, very high profile podcaster? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's very depressing. Uh, <laughs> the highest caliber. Uh, yes, of course. Yes, we're, I'm, I'm in the top hundred thousand of podcasters. Uh, but seeing people in the audience that you know, does that at all distract you at all? It depends who it is, and I and me, me specifically. Okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, it depends because if it's a, a musician I look up to, I'm like, oh, damn, they came out to see us. We got to not fuck up. <laughs> um, also, if it's someone like I'm crushing on, like I'm definitely not trying to fuck up. Yeah, I'm trying to look like I'm a fucking rock star up on stage. You know what uh, I'm saying? Oh, back to me again. I get it. Yeah, for sure. Okay. okay. And so I'm like, Adam's here. Oh my God, I got to do my hair flip and I have no <laughs> hair. Oh no. <laughs> but, um, also I need to correct myself cause I just realized I fucked up my story. This Uh-oh. happened in sixth grade that me performing. Okay. And I just realized that cause that was my sixth grade teacher. Okay. Which makes for an important story. Cause in fifth grade, when we were at the talent show, I didn't, I don't think I performed. Um, I remember seeing the audience and I remember 
um, there was, my teacher was Mr. Taylor and there was this other teacher, Mr. Thomas. And I had a lot of friends in his class and uh, we would play nation ball against each other's classes or whatever. I don't know if you remember nation ball. Um, and Mr. Thomas had an accident that year and he'd passed away from like mountain biking or something. Oh. Yeah. And four of my friends were in his class. And so they wrote a song for him and they performed it at the talent show. And I remember that was literally the moment I was, I remember I was sitting in the assembly, assembly room or whatever, seeing my four friends, one on keys, one on guitar, one on bass, one on drums singing, performing this song for their teacher. And that was the moment I was like, I want to do that. Because the power of the music. Yeah, I was like, I want to be in a band with, like, some friends and travel the world. Like, I remember fifth grade is when... And, like, I had already been in, like, music because of my family. Right. But fifth grade is definitely when I was like... That's what I want. I remember that, that moment. moment, dude. I okay. remember that so clear. I just remember being like, that's what I want to do. Okay. It's never changed, man. All right. So so after that, uh, fifth grade, sixth grade, you do your uh, classical piece. and. Yeah. It didn't well for you, but apparently everybody loved it, yeah. even though they had to stay late after class. Uh, what, what's the next step after that? I remember after that, I definitely kept begging my parents that I wanted to learn a cool instrument. Because when I was younger, <laughs> I was like, piano's not cool. And like my mom made me practice 30 minutes every day. And I was like, I want to do this, da-da-da. But she made me because, you know, Mexicans and moms and whatever. <laughs> um and eventually, like... Did she take up her sandal, her junk law? Yeah, she did. Okay. Oh, man. She regulated. <laughs> um, but I remember my dad had a, a, a Fender guitar, like a navy blue Fender Stratocaster, first electric I ever played. And I would just play power chords because I didn't know shit. And I would just sing whatever came to mind. So that was like... I was like, yeah, guitar player. <laughs> ah. um, and that, you know, that took up a lot of... Um, sixth grade, even though I was playing piano still, that's what I played when I wasn't playing a lame piano. <laughs> Which also, I'm really upset that I didn't keep continue playing piano because I, I, when I stopped, I stopped for like years. And uh. like now, if I want to play something that I ever learned, it has to be muscle memory. But if I don't remember it, I don't remember it. So like, mm. I'm so bummed because now I'm like, fuck, if I could play keys, that'd be so tight. You know what I'm saying? I'm sure if you just practice it a little bit, it'd come back to you. I wish. It's bro. like riding a bike, right? I want to play the guitar. Oh, oh. That I want to do. I would, ah. And then I would do like some crazy like kicks and shit. Like, right. Hell you yeah. Have drumsticks on the top and the bottom of your guitar. Nah, fuck drums. I would just, just play like, guitar. No, oh, no? I'm just kidding. Okay. <laughs> 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 no, but um, I, so I, I would play, like I said, um, I was still playing piano because my mom was forcing me. And then I was just playing power chords on the electric. And then eventually I was like, I want to play drums. And then my parents are like, no. <laughs> Too <laughs> um, loud. Yeah. And so in junior high, I was a uh, junior high is seventh and eighth grade, right? Yeah. yeah. Thank you. I was in seventh grade. And I remember during recess one time I heard drums and I was like, Oh my God, where is that coming from? Um, so I found where the, the room that that was coming from. And I was like, oh, I don't know that teacher, but I need to play the drums, you know? So, yeah. like, I went to my best friend, Alex Guzman, my sexican. If you're hearing this, you probably won't, but it's okay. Um, no, this is my best friend, but, you know, oh. it sounds sexy, right? Oh, uh, yeah. Hell well, yeah. you said sex. In, sexican, in, in, yeah. yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> and so I was like, I was like, Alex, dude, I was like, can you please come with me? I was like, I, I want, like, I hear drums. I want to talk to the teacher, but, like, 
I don't know him, like, but I need to, I need to need find intro. out, yeah. Okay. And she's like, yeah, go, let's go. And I was like, all right, cool. So I walk in there, and this tall dude, big dude, and I'm like, this little seventh grader, and I was like, hey, um, so. Um, I heard drums coming from your room. Like, I was so <laughs> nervous, dude. I was like, I heard drums coming from your room. And I was just wondering if, like, you teach people how to play drums or something. <laughs> and he was like. That's adorable. But, uh, yeah, I was like, I know you're not my teacher, but, you know, like. <laughs> and then he was like, yeah, he goes. If you don't mind, sir. <laughs> um, and so he was like, yeah, yeah. He's like, I'm actually teaching this one kid right now. He comes after school. If you want, you could come by and just, you know, watch us or whatever. And I was like, okay. I was so excited, dude. <laughs> so, like, that, I think it was that week on Fridays he would do it. And so um, I went over the first time and um, it was cool, man. Like, so he was showing this this other kid named Josh and he was like, all right. And it was a simple ass beat. Like, it was like he was he was playing it like this he, and he was he was just eye contact with josh like do you understand what i'm doing like this is what i'm doing it was keeping it simple okay. and in my eyes like i was like that's so easy why is it you know like i want to do that and so like <laughs> then he would let the other kid like try the beat like to mimic him and it was just all over the place and in my head i was like why can't you do that simple beat like <laughs> i was like and i wanted to try but i didn't want to butt in so like they switched off like three times before he even looked at me right to like allow me to do it so they kept switching on and off and i'm just getting antsy i'm just like oh man like and in my head i'm like are they not gonna call on me am i just actually watching like or do the move where you hold your hand up and then you have your other hand hold up your arm <laughs> like call me call me <laughs> no and then finally uh he was like you want to give it a try and i was like yeah and so i thought he was gonna switch me right away but then he's like he starts playing it as if i didn't understand it yet and i'm in my head i'm like <laughs> got this so finally he lets me sit down and i'm like boom that like natural dude like i'm right. doing exactly what he did and he was like okay he's like here i'm gonna change it a little bit so he did the same thing but like he had a little like extra kick drum or whatever yeah and then so he let me on it and did that dude. and like dude like he was the one who helped start me like solidify like my first like okay. actual drum beats shout out mr paul Gallet. um mm-hmm. he was a he was an eighth grade music appreciation teacher um and he took me under his wing when i wasn't even his student josh must have been so mad oh he was <laughs> he was also the, so my so paul mr mr g this i feel weird calling him paul mr g used to um um every friday have like jams so any student could come like of a students and like they'll bring guitars or whatever and i remember i was there when i was there one time no this was actually before the jam um it was during one of our classes i think i also had josh for like a math class or something and he started we started talking shit to each other like i will say i think he started it but anyways (laughs) and then he's like yeah, why don't you want a drum battle or something? And I was like, in my head, I was like, bro, you're sloppy. Like, <laughs> you know? And, and so, like, I, I didn't even, I didn't say anything bad to him. And I was just like, nah, dude, like, because I knew, like, I was pretty, like, I wasn't, like, great. I'm not saying I'm great. But, like, because I heard him, I heard me, I was like, nah, dude, like, Comparatively, whatever. You're but amazing. then he kept egging it. And, like, his friends were around him. So they were like, oh, and I was like, <laughs> yeah. So then I was like, like, not even like, I wasn't extra about it, but I was like, okay, like, 
let I'm down. Bring you it. Know? I was like, so that Friday or what? And he's like, yeah, let's go. And he fucking showed up knowing he sounded sloppy. Like, why do people <laughs> do that? And like, so we sh- we took turns, and his friends. He brought his friends. I didn't even bring my friends. Like, <laughs> he brought his friends to watch him look- to watch him be sloppy. See, to he, me, he had what well, he didn't have. Uh, well, friends? No, <laughs> it was the, he didn't. He wasn't overcritical of himself, so he thought, "Oh, I'm great." <laughs> With, uh, maybe w- without that whole like. Eh. Yeah. I missed a note here, and everyone's going to notice, and nobody noticed. He played extra notes, man. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, bro, what are you doing? Okay. So what you're saying is he was a, a jazz genius. He was experimental. He was, <laughs> he was overconfident, yeah. or, or you were underconfident. Yeah. Except for drums. Yeah. So c- compared to uh, your piano playing, do you feel you're more confident on drums? <laughs> no. No? But in that moment, you were. Um. Well, in the moment, I... I knew that even though I was a beginner, I was better than him because I heard both of us. Okay. <laughs> I was like, you have ears because yeah. I have ears yeah. and my ears hear real shit. Like they're not fantasizing. Okay. <laughs> and like, I felt really bad. Like, even though he started it and he egged it and he pushed it, like I still felt bad. Cause his friends started making fun of him and clowning him. And I'm like, uh, sorry, dude, like you brought this upon yourself. He's got to learn. He's, yeah. he's got to learn. Otherwise, he, he would try to be on the next big band and be like, ah, oh, mm, yeah. pass. Yeah. American Stop Idol or America's whatever. Yeah. Like, ah, oh, uh, you, you suck. Yeah. I can't do a British accent, but that was supposed to be Simon Cowell. Kind <laughs> 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 of exactly like him. Right? Man. That's no for me, dog. <laughs> yeah. It's a bit pitchy. <laughs> I don't know how you pitchy on drums, but you were pitchy. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No. Okay, so so you so you beat him. Yeah. And after that, did you feel more inspired to continue with the drums? Um I did the thing again. Did you see that? Yeah. Oh. What is one Oh. I'm a drummer. Oh, all right. Yeah. <laughs> um There's no bass pedal on these uh, microphones. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Fuck these chairs. <laughs> um no, I mean I I felt like I don't know. Like I said, I actually felt bad, you know, and, but I, I will say maybe a little bit. I was like, I'm doing pretty good. You all know right, what I'm saying? Right. I'm all right. I'm, I'm coasting. So you couldn't even enjoy that victory? I did a little bit. I'm okay. not going to lie. I did all a little right. bit, yeah. Okay. I did feel bad, though. I still feel bad. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, dude. Sorry, dude. Sorry, you suck, man. All right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so how did the drums progress from there? Um. So... I begged my parents for a drum set. They kept saying no, and then I kept begging, and then they were like, all right, here, we'll give you a deal. If you go into band, we'll get you a drum set to see how serious you are. And I was like, band is fucking nerdy. (laughs) So I answered band. (laughs) I'm not going to wear the uniform. All right, I'll wear it. Yeah. <laughs> no, there's definitely pictures of me in the uniform where no one's talking about it. Um, oh, please, yeah, please so find those. I entered I need, band. I need a picture of that. I will send you one. But <laughs> okay. here's the thing. Here's the thing that I'm really upset about is I remember the band uh, director at Wood Christian Junior High, Mr. Korea. Um, 
I kept asking him. Oh. I was like, hey, I like, I want to play snare drum. And he was like, yeah, we're going to try you first on the triangle. And then oh. we're going to put you on the marimba because you used to play piano. And like, maybe you could play bass drum. I'm like, the bass drum is like three times my size because it's a sideways one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you me carrying that? Are you kidding? <laughs> Oh my god, dude! So like, yeah, he put me on everything but the snare drum. Snare drum. Wait, was there a tryout for this? No, it was like school band. I don't remember there being. Um, fuck, I don't remember. Because I feel like if you had a tryout, you'd be like, no, fuck that. I I I know what I'm doing. Well, either way, I didn't know how to read music talk at this the guy, time, so I, I wouldn't have been able to do it. Talk to this guy, I beat real bad. <laughs> I don't need a snare drum. <laughs> nah, he didn't let me do it. So I was like upset and I was like, and he's just like, just, I don't know, whatever. It happened. And then we did like a parade in our town and like one of the songs, I played the crash cymbal. So I'm like there and I'm just like, <laughs> yeah. <"Phew." laughs> I was like so mad because I'm like, this is lame. And then you got to like close it like this and it, sometimes it hurts and I'm just like, I don't like this, man. <laughs> and then the other song I played triangle on, I'm like, this is embarrassing and that those are the pictures you'll find me in the triangle oh, so uh I can't wait <laughs> it's actually funny um when we went to nam one of the first years i went to nam um i went actually with my dad and my older sister and actually my younger sister as well i believe and we saw a booth where they had a display of people in a marching band are you showing them the picture oh, and they yes. made me take a picture of it they're like remember your roots that's so, amazing like, yeah so um <laughs> i'm not lying i played fucking triangle dude Oh um, wow! And I, at least actually, it wasn't cowbell. At least it wasn't the cowbell. I might have preferured that. Man. <laughs> I got all the. Things. Don't 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 do oh, that. Yeah, don't yeah, do yeah. that right so now. You're about to get kicked out of this no. house. <laughs> I'm about to kick you out of Adam's house. <laughs> yeah. So you can I, stay. Just I need more pictures. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta have those pictures. <laughs> I need more pictures. I got a sickness. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So I played in band, and then my parents were like, "Oh." Like, she really wants to play drums. And then, so they were, uh, they got me a drum set, but, like, it was supposed to be, like, for Christmas. And they tried to hide it, but they tried to hide it in the garage, which I go in a lot. <laughs> and they didn't even hide the box. So, like, I saw a big box and, like, they, like, was, had pictures on it of, like, oh. it being drums. <laughs> and I was like, <gasps> and I found it before Christmas. And I, like, looked at it and I went to my parents. I was like, Mom. Dad, so there's a box in the garage and there's drums. Is it for me? And then my mom and dad are like, that's supposed to be for Christmas. And I'm like, in my head, I'm like, well, you put it in the garage. You didn't do a good job of hiding right, it. Like, yeah. you know <laughs> and I remember, that's like, got to be upstairs in the closet or something. You yeah, can't, and I was yeah. so mad because I was like, okay, well, can I open it now? And they're like, no, it's for Christmas. And I was like, I already know it's there. <laughs> <laughs> I already know. <laughs> Yeah, so... I'll drum you a song on Christmas. Just let me open it now. (laughs) I think they ended up letting me open it, like, I think a few days before Christmas, but they didn't let me open up that day, I don't think. Um, But it was a a red drum kit. It wasn't even, like, a name brand. It was made at, like, some Mexican music store, like, just kind of, like, no brand, whatever. Um, El Bateria. Yeah. Los Drumos. Yeah, so that was my first (laughs) drum kit, no brand. I just remember it being red. It's a five-piece, one, two, three, four, a five-piece kit, yeah. And, yeah, that was my first drum kit. All right. So it was off of the races. You you were playing it in the house or in the garage or? Yeah. So in the garage, there was a room that was built in the garage. Um, like S- Soundproofed? Yeah. Well, my dad ended up insulating it because the okay. people 
who lived at our house before us, I think built it. Maybe I don't know, but it was there when we bought the house. And so we end up making that music room. My dad tore the walls down, insulated it, nice. put it like a AC air conditioner, and then a fan, a light. Uh, and like, he's a musician. He wanted to take yeah, care of me. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, so you're gonna do it. You can do it right. Yeah, exactly. Oh, fantastic! So, so, so they fostered this from from a young age. Yeah. Well, once he got into the drums, yeah. First it was piano, then it was all right. Yeah. Into the drums. Now we're gonna let this yeah. grow. Yeah. Okay. So, how long did you play drums? Uh, I mean, in, until oh, you said you were in a lot of bands. Mm-hmm. So, what was the first band you were in? Was was the drum band? You were a drummer in the I band. I was a drummer. Okay. Um. Oh my God! What was the name of it? It was with my friend Bianca Sanchez, and she sang and played guitar, and she actually was really good. It was very emo-y music, but like that not, sounds right. Not like screamo, but like like the early November. You know, <laughs> you know that band. Okay. You probably not, but uh. It was kind of like that, like, soft, sad music-ish, but, like, slight rock, but it's very light rock. Okay. Um, she like, sang uh, really good, though. All of them rejects? Yeah, sure. Okay. Uh, we'll, we'll go that route. Okay, sure. Um, but more of their softer songs, for sure. Okay, yeah. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, it was just me and her. Um, we never did gigs or anything. I think we, at most, the biggest thing we did was um, we took our instruments from my music room to my backyard when we had a little, like, kickback or party or whatever at my house okay and so they heard us my fr- all of our friends heard us and they were like oh shit like you guys are actually pretty good and i was like cool um so that was the first band i don't remember B- at back all the then did you, do you remember thinking uh, i'm nailing this um not at that time because remember in fifth grade is when i knew like i wanted that's what i wanted to do like that's what i want to do right but right. like in all the bands i was in I don't remember ever having the epiphany of like, this is the band. Okay. I, at the moment, I was just going with the flow, enjoying what we were doing and just going. You're like, oh, we're writing songs. Oh, we're doing this. Oh, we're doing that. But never with any of the bands I was in previously was I like, yeah, we're going to go on tour or like, yeah, this is the one. You know? Yeah. But I mean, more than that, as far as you specifically, when you were doing the drums in these other bands, did you ever feel... I'm killing these drum beats or whatever you call them. Um, <laughs> I'm not a drummer again. I don't want to say like, oh, I'm killing this because like I think at the time I was just – I don't think I was that hard on myself in, in certain bands. Okay. And I only say that because the type of drumming I was doing for that band and like I guess the mindset of the band, it was just, it was just like we were just doing it. And okay. Like, it wasn't really like I didn't have any pressures. At the time, just for fun, gonna, yeah. Okay. So, and I wasn't taking any of the bands like serious. Like, yeah, this we're gonna nail it. You know, okay. Like, I was just like, we were just doing it. So, how does that differ from when you were playing the piano in front in front of the uh, fifth grade class, where it's just for fun, right? You're not getting paid in, as a fifth grade piano player. So, what's the pressure there compared to the pressure in the in the backyard kickbacks? That's actually a really good question because I think like when I was playing that piano piece, like I just knew like I think a lot of it I was attached to the fact that I was getting trained properly for this with that classical piano teacher. Okay. I was my mom was paying for lessons. Like I took into account all that stuff because like I just knew my parents struggle. You okay. know? So like I had a pressure at the time and for for that specific thing. Um, the fact that I put in thirty minutes a day strict. 
by my mom. Okay. Like that, you know what I'm saying? Like all that kind of built into yeah. like, I can't fuck this up because I've been like, my mom pays for these classes and I've been to these classes and I practice every day. And like, it's a, it's a classical song. And like, I don't know. I don't, okay. I don't even know. So, so it was back then, maybe you were performing for your parents versus when you're playing drums, you're performing for yourself. So the mm-hmm. pressure was kind of off. Mm-hmm. Is it? I'm, I'm speculating here. I'm just uh, throwing things out and seeing if it sticks. I think I think you're actually onto that because I think when I started playing drums for certain bands, it was music that was unfamiliar to my family. It okay. was just it was a, a different style of music, um, a different vibe, and it was more like I I think I I just think there was no pressure because of like oh my parents didn't like be a certain way about yeah. it you know what i'm saying it was just like Everyone drilling into you they this is this is piano learn this versus drums you're just like i'm having a good time i'm learning it as i go mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. all right so so for the uh the first band uh didn't work out how many bands you said you went through several bands yeah i went through that band and then i went through another like screamo Band, I think it was like If All Else Fells or something like that. There is like one YouTube video, and I it's hard to find though. Oh, um, I that will you can find, find it. of that band. And it's funny because like one of the guitars has like that like half bleached, half black emo fucking <laughs> hair like this, and then the other one just looks like skater dude. And then I have still long hair with the ponytail and like side bangs. Oh, um, fashion. Yeah, and then I'm wearing like a <laughs> As I Lay Dying shirt because okay. I listen to that heavy music. Um, that, that was the uh, band Flock of Chili Peppers. <laughs> <laughs> no, was that not the band? Uh, that's not the band. No. Uh, okay, okay. Right. close, close. <laughs> I think. Um, oh, oh fuck! I oh I think the oh there was a band called oh, fuck. It's called with it was called originally with Hearts of Armor. Oh, we narrowed it down to the initials, which was a wool. Whoa. Whoa with the exclamation and then okay. it was like that stuck. Right. Um and then there's another band called Goatsy Massacre. And I don't know if you <laughs> know what Goatsy is, but if you Google it, make sure you're around adults. Oh no. <laughs> um, not safe for work? Not safe for work. Okay. <laughs> but it's called it was called Goatsy Massacre. Um there's another band I was in. Oh, oh my god, there's this thrash punk band I was in. And I'm so upset. That I can't remember the name of the band, but me and Raina figured out before we went on this recent UK tour that one of the songs I wrote for that band, I wrote one of the guitar parts um, for the band. Okay. Um, sounds like Trippy. Oh. Yeah. It was very similar to Trippy. Wow. Crazy, right? Yeah. Um, it was the 67th song they wrote. So. <laughs> Dude, we only had like probably seven songs or six songs. So six, six, six or, or seven. seven. Six or seven, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, man, what is that called? I'm so upset that I can't remember the name of the band, but um, it was funny because I It's called remember. Freaking Out. Yeah, Freaking Out. Let's yeah. go with that. And then it later became trippy. Yeah, yeah for sure. See. Right. It's the same kind of... All right. <laughs> the band I was in, though, right before joining with Darnell was called Thorame. And I remember... Um, What's crazy about this is the same way I joined, like, the same way Darnell was, like, saw me, like, drumming, I guess, with my hands on the table and being like, hey, you're a drummer, was the same way I got into this band. And, like, 
it trips me out, right? So wow. I was working at that a gas station in Chino, and I'm like, <laughs> good one. Thank you. <laughs> uh, I was working at a gas station in Chino. I was a cashier, and I'm waiting for this dude to like, he was a regular, he's getting out his money, and he was taking a little bit of time. So I guess I started like doing something with my hands like this on the counter, okay. but apparently I was doing a beat. I don't remember this, but I guess I do it because he said. Right. Um, and the guy goes, um, you're a drummer. And I was like, yeah. And then he goes, he goes, oh, because that, that actually sounded like a legit beat or whatever. And like, I thought what he was saying was like, oh, are you rushing me? Right? Because like, I'm doing this. Oh. So I was like, <laughs> oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I was like, I tend to do that. I don't know. Like, I didn't even know I was doing that. I wasn't trying to rush you. He's like, no, no, no. He's like, I'm a musician. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. Like, cool. And then he's like, yeah. He goes, are you looking for a band by any chance? And I was like, I was like, well, I kind of am. And so he's like, I have a friend who needs a drummer. I was like, let's link up. So um, I was in this band. He linked me up to Wayne Gladys, dope guitar player. Older dude, rides motorcycles, tatted, like, cool-ass dude. All right. And I'm like, all right. So we started doing, like, punk rock stuff. And then he ended up meeting this girl named May and um, ended up joining bands with her. And they promised me to, like, hey, we're going to – we need you to jump for this band. We'll pay you. I didn't really want to be in the band if it wasn't Wayne's band because Wayne's music was different. It was, like, punk rock. Okay. And then – with May, it was a little different and a little darker. And I was like, I don't know how I'm feeling the vibe, but I'll go with you, Wayne. So it was Wayne, May, and then this, like, dope bass player. Um, I forget his name. Ron, Ren, Reynold. I think it was Reynold. But, like, I was a baby of the band. Like, when I joined this band, I was, like, 20 or maybe 19. And they oh. were all above their 30s. Oh, like okay. Like, five and up or something. And so, like, I was in this band. I stayed in that band for, like, probably almost a year and a half or two years and i was living in corona at the time and then things kind of were happening that were shady the singers started getting into like substance abuse and like i had already like kind of not been into that for a while so i was like i'm not trying to get back into it okay um so and then things like i wasn't even getting paid good like i was just like i don't even like this music i was just like i gotta leave so I left the band, and then on top of that, I broke up with my girlfriend that I was living with at the time. So I, I moved back home. Well, first I was living in my car for a while, the in-between. Okay. But then I eventually was back home, and Darnell ended up hitting me up in February. And um, so, so you remember me, Darnell, as far as the your whole drumming beating on the table – Oh, when me and him met was in 2008 when we were at community college. This happened before me moving to Corona and getting into that one band. Okay. So, like, we had met. We had had that band that he was talking about, Kickback Leviety. Okay. That was (laughs) short-lived. And then I ended up getting kicked out of my house. I moved in with my girlfriend. I lived in Corona for two years. And that's where I was in that band for, like, about two years. Okay. Left that band. Lived in my car. Then went back home. Then he contacted me like on facebook and was like hey you still drumming and i was like yeah man he's like hey i was wondering if you want to like jam or start a band or try out i don't remember exactly your wording and then i was just like i forgot how i worded it but i was kind of like well i was like i'm kind of starting to be very um picky with who i 
in a, in a bandwidth okay. because of my past. Right. And then I was like, but like I, I'm down to jam and see where that goes. Mind you, what I had perceived he was saying is like he had a band and he needed a drummer. That's not what he communicated, but like that's what I, I right. thought was he was saying. Translated in your mind. Yeah. And so I was like, I like Darnell. I like I'm down to jam with him. I was like, but I don't know the people he's playing with, and I don't want to be in a band with people I don't want to be in a band with. It's okay. like because of my, you know, because of what I had yeah, just yeah, been through. Absolutely. So he comes over. He's by himself, and I was like, "Where's your posse?" I was like, "It's just you." He's like, "Yeah," and I was like, "Oh," I was like, "I thought I was trying out for like your band, like like you had a band." He's like, "No, just me." I was like, "All right, cool, let's do this." <laughs> and then like he had his electric, like he said, and. Like for those who maybe haven't didn't hear the other podcast, he normally uh, would rock an acoustic because he was doing solo stuff um, right. for the, a little bit time before that, and decided for this one coming over he was going to bring his electric. Just I guess gut feeling faith. I don't know what to call it. And he it's brought called it. destiny exactly. That's what he got. <laughs> and so he brought his pick of destiny, yeah. and uh, he brought it, and we plug into the amp. And he was like, let me show you this song. And I was like, all right. So, like, he played a song through, and I, I didn't even play any drums, right? I just let him play the song from start to begin, start to beginning. On the low. Start to end. <laughs> on the low. That was the name of the song. Oh, okay. Um, and then he played it. He finished it. And I was like, okay, play that again. And so he, he starts it, and I come in where I had remembered the whole song pretty much. And I played wow. everything. We finished the song. I will never forget how <laughs> hype you. He just started jumping all over my like room, like my living room. Was he was hype. like, I was hype. "Oh my god, those were the drums in my head!" Like this probably lasted for ten minutes, dude. Right. And just like, jumping around in the room. Yeah, and like <laughs> apparently I played the drums in his head. And like, what's funny is like I liked what I had played, and it was like, like I said, I only heard him play it one time through, and then I the second time I just played the whole whole thing through that what I heard in my head. And, like, we were kind of the same page with everything. And he was just like, dude, like, that was it. Like, that was. Right. So. Did we just move his friends? That I know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And that was um, on Kurt Cobain's birthday, February 20th. Our uh, first band uh, practice, technically. All right. 2 2 oh, That's right. And then yeah. um, we've been playing ever since. Yeah. All right. And since then, it's been all right. I mean, it's not been all right, dude. <laughs> Let's be real. Hey, if you follow us like on social media and see our stories and every post, you know we gone through some shit. And that's not even every, and we don't even post everything. It's like some things we keep yeah. under the covers. This yes. band has gone through some shit. So like, I know that when like artists talk about like their darkest times and they're like, "No, we struggled." I'm like, I feel you. Right. <laughs> I feel you. Say no more. Say, Say no more. Say no more. Hunted. Yeah. Hunted. Yeah. And I was saying, Darnell, I, I appreciate being part of you guys' lives. I, I'm glad I found you guys. And I, I've heard some of these stories uh, that I'm not going to repeat ever. Um, Dude, we fucking love you. Like, you have no idea. Like, oh, you're fan, it's bro. honestly like the way you feel about us, I think we feel we reciprocate that very much the same because I disagree. Because <laughs> we, this thing is, we meet a lot of people traveling, being on tour, even in like, even before doing that, like I, I think we all encounter like your fake friends. Everyone goes through that journey of like, who are your real friends? Who are this? Who are that? Yeah. And like, I think because like we're obviously getting older, everyone's getting older. Um, you, 
you start trusting your gut more and okay. your vibes and your energy. At least for me, I'll speak for myself. Um, and every time I'm with like you and Annie, like I just know like we're we're in a good spot. You know, so I'm saying like like no. you guys are friends, you guys are family. Like God damn it, so cute. Uh, again, I promise I wouldn't cry. Like if I wasn't gay, <laughs> <laughs> we love you for sure. Uh, and uh, like the love and support, and like and what's cool too is like. Like having people that we love also like believe in you, like you, the fact that you believe in our music and love our music, like is fucking awesome. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, so it's just that's, like, that's nice. It just tops it, cherry on top. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it, it's weird to hear that because I, I, I feel like it's reciprocal or the exact opposite for me. I feel like you guys are amazing and i have so much faith in you guys and to hear you have that in me is it's like that doesn't make sense to me it doesn't, it doesn't I, feel like I get in that same mindset where i'm like okay. i'm like a, i'm the world's okayest drummer like how do people uh no yeah, you're fantastic whatever. well thanks for hanging out Nat. It's, it's been a pleasure I, I i love seeing you guys I, I can't wait to see where you guys go from here everything i've seen of you is just it, it, I'm excited by everything you guys do and I try to go as many shows as I can as long as um, you guys got to stop scheduling when I have my daughter and I can't be there it's mm. very upsetting I feel like it's a personal attack against me uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was court orders I'm sorry yeah, right. yeah, I understand, I understand. Uh, but I, I will support you no matter what you guys do no matter where you guys go uh, I'm in your corner and I'm glad you guys have been part of my life and I hope to be part of yours as, as long as I as long as I can be. Oh, yeah. Love you. Love you too. Rap Pack Productions. All day. All day. Rap Pack. <laughs> Rap Pack. Rap Pack. Tell me you got that. <laughs> I did. It's still recording. Woo! And that's why we love Adam. <laughs>